Well, good morning, Identity Church. I'm going to try to go ahead and get us started because everybody has a brand new year to celebrate, right? We're all going to go home. We're going to eat our black-eyed peas and we're going to have, you know, greens and all that kind of stuff. You know, if you're real, if you're very superstitious, then you're you know, that you see those people, they're the ones that eat like, you know, five bowls of like the greens, right? You're sitting there and you're like the whole pot of greens is one person. You're like, that person's really believing for some money. I'm just going to tell you straight up. But let me know when the, uh, we're, we're ready to go online. Awesome. So good morning online. Um, you know, I was going to tell everybody, I, I kind of mentioned this before. I, you know, we, I had COVID. My family didn't get anything. They were perfectly fine. You know, so we didn't have our uh, candlelight service that we were going to do last Saturday. So I apologize for that. I was the one that brought us down a couple, you know, notches over that one. But you know, the thing is, is that God was so good. Even though I was quarantined, even though there was things that was going on, you know, God was so good. I got to see my family from afar. Um, My... My son-in-law and my daughter, they, uh, they, they came over and sat on the other side of the room and we, you know, conversed across the, the house. But you know that, that God is good no matter what's going on in your life. You know, whatever your circumstance is, God's not moved by circumstances. God's moved by his faith in his word. You know, I have faith that I was going to be perfectly fine. You know, one of the things that the Lord put on my heart over these last two weeks was I wasn't going to do this. I actually had another message before I was going to do the full armor of God. But the Lord told me, he said in 2023, we need to put on the full armor of God. We need to start believing for some stuff. We need to start standing in the promises that he has given us. Do you know that When we put on that full armor of God, you may be going, well, Dusty, how do you put on the full armor? Well, thank God you showed up because I'm going to tell you some stuff this morning. And I'm going to do this in a series. We're going to go through each part of the armor. But I want you to understand that your promises are yes and amen. Don't let somebody try to come and take your promise from you. You know, I'd been confessing that this was going to be the greatest Christmas that we'd ever had. I hope y'all had the greatest Christmas that you ever had. Was it the greatest Christmas I've ever had? No, but it was good. But do you know that this is the thing? I said, yes, Lord. I didn't quit going, you know what? Well, maybe, maybe I sinned. Maybe I did something wrong. Maybe I licked one too many doorknobs as I was going throughout my, my weeks. You know, the the thing is, is that sin is not what is keeping you down. Your lack of faith in God's word is what's keeping you down. And every single thing that as I was going through this, I started asking the Lord, what did I do wrong? You know what? I got too close to somebody that had COVID. You know, somebody needs to hear that. Because there's a lot of people that are running around thinking that God is putting something on you or there's a purpose for you getting COVID. No, the reason why we have COVID is because a bunch of idiots decided to create a genetically modified COVID virus. And that's why we have COVID. 
the way that it has been. The Wuhan, you know. My point behind that is not I'm against, you know, China or Wuhan or, you know, anybody that had done those things. What I want you to understand is that God's promises are yes and amen, no matter if you got COVID. I need an amen out of that. Because there's some people that have died from COVID and they were like, well, God must have been upset at them. No, God was not upset at them. You know, we, we have circumstances that come into our lives. And that means that when Jesus said, I came to overcome the world, he didn't say, I came to do away with all the things that would be out there that you would have to go against. We need to stand on his promises. You know, some people go, well, Dusty, what if you, what if you did die? I got to be with Jesus. Hallelujah. I go to be home with the Lord. Well, you know what? Some people go, well, I don't want to die. Well, you know what? Everybody's going to one day unless Jesus comes back before, before now and then. You know what? There's too many people who are trying to hold on to this without looking towards their faith in Jesus Christ, the author and the finisher of their faith. You may be going, well, Dusty, you think we should all just die? No. I want you to live. But I don't want you to live in fear. I don't want you to live in, in anger. See, I want you to live in the full armor of God. I want you to understand what God has done. And I want you to believe that. Well, Dusty, what if I believe and I die? You go be with Jesus. But you know what? Until I take my last breath, I'm going to believe Jesus. Amen. You know why? Because there's stuff that we're supposed to be doing here. There are people that count on me. You know what? There are some days I go, hey, it might be all right to go be with Jesus. But then I turn around and I look at these two. And I look at my, my son-in-law and my, and my daughter. And I look at my family and I go, you know what? I need to stick around. I need to stick around. You know what? Every single one of you need to figure out what his promises are. And then you need to stick around. Amen? Amen. Amen. We're going to get into this. So Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10 through 17. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the, the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know what? He's out there. You know, Satan's running around. Just flip on the TV or flip on the radio. You know, I told you a minute ago, I said, you know, I, we went to go get, I went to go get some food. Uh, and, you know, the first thing that I did when I hit the radio, because I was listening, I was listening to the talk radio. I turned it on. The first thing that came on when I was pulling out of my driveway was in greater news, COVID uh, is on the rise and hospitalizations are up. Well, if you've got COVID, the first thing you go is, ah, I'm going to the hospital. Oh, I don't want to see that. That. Everybody, the moment that you get sick and somebody tells you, well, somebody I know that had that, they had to go to the hospital and somebody died from that and somebody did this. The first thing that comes is the wiles of the devil. Oh, come on, guys. It, you know it's true. The first thing that tries to come against you is that 
you're going down, that God's promises are not true for you. Do you know that, that I turned it off? I turned it off. You know what? I can lie to myself all day long. Why do I need somebody else to lie to me? You know what? This is what I want you to understand is that when you put on this full armor, it's to protect you from the wiles of the devil. It says here in verse 12, it says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, and against spiritual hosts of wickedness in heavenly places. Now I want you to understand some of this. There is a physical piece of this and there's a spiritual piece. Okay? So when you go look up these words right here, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and against powers and rulers of darkness of this age. That's people. That's the government. That's, that's things that are trying to come against you, that are trying to come against your, let's just say for an example, you know, you lose all your money in your 401k. I mean, I, hey, everybody, I took a hit with my 401k. You know what? There are wiles of the devil. But when man's system comes and it fails you, don't go looking to God to go, why? Well, well God, why did I put all my money into, into Bitcoin? Because you're stupid. I'm just being honest with you. You didn't go put your money into Bitcoin because God said Bitcoin is what I've created. No. Man created Bitcoin. Everybody that doesn't know, I know we have some, some guests here. I'm a computer engineer by, by trade. I work for the power company. I do cybersecurity for them. I understand Bitcoin. I love the idea of Bitcoin. But I think of it as a transactional thing, not as money. In fact, the way we treat Bitcoin is we treat it like a commodity. As if you're buying futures on wheat or whatever. Well, guess what? If you want to go and put your money into something that doesn't have a physical aspect, then guess what? That's going to be on you. Don't go ask God why. You know, one of the reasons why I say this is because all these principalities and powers and the rulers of darkness in this age, they're going to lie to you. They're going to lie to you. And you have to know the wiles of the devil. When the lie comes out of their mouth, you need to have the Holy Spirit going, no. You know what? If the Holy Spirit, if you allowed the Holy Spirit to go, no, you'd have less problems in your life. It's just the way it is. I wouldn't have licked that doorknob that gave me COVID. I don't know. Let's see. But we also have spiritual host of wickedness in heavenly places. You know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying this is a physical fight or this is a spiritual fight. It is a fight and it's both. And we need to be aware of the things that are going on because there's a spiritual aspect of this where Satan comes against you and he is trying to sift you like wheat, like Jesus talked about with Peter. You know how he sifted Peter? Anybody got, just scream out one word if you know. Fear. Because he denied Jesus three times because of fear. You know, the first thing that, that you can almost always go to 
and say, this is of the devil, is when fear is involved. When you don't have peace, guess what? It ain't Jesus. You might want to hear that Holy Spirit going, no, don't do it. It says here in verse uh, 13, it says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil and having done all to stand. So you're going to like be able to stand against the evil. Well, how do you stand against evil? You have the power, the resources, and the ability to be able to overcome. Do you know what? We all, I need y'all to understand that. Can I get y'all to understand that you have the power, the resources, and the ability to stand against evil? Oh, I need, I need a bigger amen out of that. Amen. Because if you don't, then you will sit down. You know, I think too often, too many Christians, they don't understand their power, their authority, and their ability. And what they do is they don't stand. They go and find a place to sit. Well, I just, I'm tired. I'm tired. I just want to go sit down. I don't want to think about that. I just want, oh, I'm afraid of that. Well, guess what? That's not what it says here. It says that you will have the ability to stand against the wiles of the devil. You know that if you stand against the wiles and you continue to stand, Satan can't stand. He doesn't have any feet. Does everybody understand that? Satan's not a person. He can't occupy what you got. He has to use your authority. You know, that was the whole thing about Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve was, was the ones that had the authority. Satan comes walking up and says, hey, I'm going to try to get you to believe something different than what God said. Well, if you believe something different than what God said, then now you will use your authority to work for him. He doesn't have feet. He doesn't have hands. He can't speak the name of Jesus. He has to come and say, Vicki, let me tell you about what we need to do. And you go, oh, I hope Vicki goes, no. But see, if we say yes, you know, people talk about Hitler. What was Hitler's biggest sin? Saying yes to Satan. The biggest thing that he did was the moment that he got the idea of, hey, let's use the Jews as science experiments. The, there was nothing else other than German people walking, gathering up Jewish people. The Satan wasn't. Was there spirits running around going and getting all those Jewish people and putting them in the, the gas chambers? No, they were Nazi Germany. They did that. You know why? Because Satan planted an idea and they said yes. See, I want you to understand that the only thing Satan has power over you to do is when you say yes. It says here in uh, verse 14, Stand therefore, having gird your waist with truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, 
which you will be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. We're going to talk about the whole armor of God. We're going to break it down a little bit because I want you to understand something. It's not just a picture. See, this is really nice. I can pull up a picture of this dude and he looks like he's tough, right? I mean, Mr. Dude right here, he's got on all this armor. He's, he's holding a sword, all this stuff. And, and what you have to understand is that that was not just to look tough. Each one of these things had a purpose and a reason. See, most of the time, I think we go into battle with Satan and we're using the wrong equipment. How many people, how many people you know that go, well, let's have an intercessory prayer about pulling down a stronghold over whatever. And you go, well, what is the stronghold? See, most of the time we fight against the thing that we see. Can you turn the AC on a little? We, we try to fight against the things that we, that we see. But that's not what started it. That's not what's controlling it. See, most of the time we go and look for the fruit. We don't look for the root. You know, I can go pick off an apple off of a tree and I can crush that apple. If it's a bad apple, I can crush it. But what if that tree keeps producing bad fruit? Well, I just keep taking the, the fruit off that tree and it's just bad, it's bad, it's bad. Well, you know what would fix that? You get rid of the tree. See, we need to understand that our understanding of what good and evil is, is what God said is good and evil. And then we need to go and crush the root. So we're going to talk about, um, we're going to talk about the first one today. Loins gird with truth. Ephesians 6.14, stand therefore having, your, having gird your loins with truth. Do you know that this is one of the things that I think we all sort of, we, we don't understand. Well, why was your loins needing to be girded? So some people, to make it a little bit more PG, they say the belt. But the actual word here in the actual Greek is the word loins. And it actually means your midsection. It means where a male would produce seed. Sperm. How many people got offended by that? Anybody? You shouldn't. It's biology. Okay? But the, the thing that I need you to understand is, is that why do you cover up that area? To protect your seed. And see, what we have to understand is that we gird our loins because that's what produces. How many people understood that? Can I get a, everybody? You know that you may be going, well, I'm a, I'm a woman. Well, you produce an egg. They still wear stuff to cover that area for them too if they were fighting. Do you know that this is what you need to understand is that whatever you produce has to come from a root of truth. And if you don't protect it, if you don't protect your seed, then guess what's going to happen? Your seed is going to be corrupted. You know, most of the time, and I've seen this especially in people who 
they've had years and years and years of just being in really bad situations. Let's say they were in a bad marriage or they had a bad family life or whatever. And they may have had a, a parent. Uh, Andrew Womack tells this story about a guy that his dad, basically every time he tried to help him with a car, would like berate him. And so this guy was like, couldn't put a, a, a nut on a, uh, on a screw, on a bolt. Every time he did, he would cross-thread it. And the reason is, is because his dad had told him, you'd cross-thread any bolt you ever, you ever touch. Now, you may be thinking, well, that's stupid, Dusty. What does that really matter? Well, you know what? I can be so emotionally and physically and mentally challenged by other people that I second-guess myself and I actually create the problem that I was trying to prevent. Do you know that when your seed is being put into something, you know, you have to have good ground. Because if you don't have good ground, then what's going to happen is, is that that seed is going to get choked out. We already know this out of Matthew. But the problem co doesn't come from the fact of whether you've got good seed or bad seed. When that happens, it's, that's a problem with the ground. See, we have to start, if we want, like Pastor Jim McCann used to say, if you want corn, you don't go plant butter beans. Well, I want corn. All I had was butter bean seed. Well, you know what? If I go and I put a lie into the ground, I'm going to get a lie back. And you may be going, well, Dusty, I'm trying not to lie. Well, what if, what if you go against God's promises? Is that truth or is that a lie? It's a lie. And so sometimes we do that without even knowing it. We'll talk about that in just a second. But Matthew uh, 13, 24, it says, Jesus was telling a parable and he said, um, it said, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sows good seed in the ground, but while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went in his way. But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. So the servant of the owner came and said to him, Sir, do you not sow good seed into your fields? How then does, do you have tares? And in verse 28 it says, He said unto him, An enemy has done this. The servant said unto him, Do you want us to go ahead and gather it up? But he said, No, lest you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat which is with them. Let both grow together until the harvest, and at the time of the harvest I will say to the reapers, First gather them together in the tares and bind them, and bundle them to burn them, and gather the wheat into my barn. Now, you can go down a couple more you know, like a couple more verses here. And he tells you that this has to do with the, you know, basically Christians and non-Christians. This has to do with the world and it has to do with the people who's accepted Jesus. But you can also look at this because it talks about it also that it was a seed that was planted. Now, the ultimate seed that gets planted is our salvation, Right? And I believe you can have people who get saved and they can live a very abominable life and they can still be saved and go to heaven. 
I, I've heard people go, oh, it's the backslidden, you know, you're on the, you're on the, um, the treadmill of salvation. And then if you ever stop, then you go flying off the back of the treadmill. Well, I don't believe that. I believe that you are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, what Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 says. But this is the thing. That's only to the point of you believing that Jesus Christ is Lord. That's the dividing line. You ever go, nah, I don't believe that anymore. That's when you lose your salvation. But if you've sinned, then he is faithful and just to forgive you of all your iniquities. See, this is what I, this is what I want you to understand is the fact that sometimes we see sinners and saints and they look the same. And you're going, how do I know you don't? You don't know at all. Sometimes a truth and a lie seems very close to each other. You know, years ago, um, years ago, I, I was having a conversation with somebody that was in the ministry um, as I was going to Bible school. And we got into just discussions about things like predestination, once saved, always saved. I mean, you, you get into all these different doctrine and you start taking a side. Everybody takes a side, right? Well, I believe one thing or I don't believe the other thing. Well, you know, this is the reason why we have denominations. This is the reason why we have so many people that has created more and more and more churches, not a non-denominational church, but a church that actually says, I want to be different. Like if I'm Methodist, I want to be different than Baptist. Or if I'm Methodist, I, I want to be different than the Presbyterians or the Anglican church or whatever it is. And so, you know, I was having a discussion with this person and I started reading the word. And the Lord just, because I asked, I just kept asking the Lord, what should I believe about some of this stuff? And he said, just go to the word. So I went to the word and I started studying on some of this. And I started realizing that, that truth and lie sometimes look exactly the same. And you go, well, how is that? It's because if I cherry pick a truth... I can turn it into a lie. I can sit here and go, predestination is true. And so we never have to go tell anybody about Jesus. Well, you know what? It says in Ephesians, it says that we were all predestined to be in Jesus Christ. Oh, well then that means that I can take Romans 10, 9 and 10 and I can say, but you have to believe and you have to, you have to confess you know what that means? It means that God said, I want everybody to be saved. That doesn't mean that everybody will be saved. Amen? It's a choice. You know, I've asked people who believe in predestination. They go, uh, I go, well, how do you even know your pastor's saved? I mean, if, if God's just randomly choosing, then how do you know? And see, the thing is, is that we don't know because everybody that can talk the same way, we, we start having conversations 
And they can say all the right words. But they don't believe it. I'm telling you, this is more about what we believe. And God sorting where we're at out at the end. See, you need to let God sort out your heart in every single thing. See, a truth and a lie will come at you. And we just can't make a, a determination like that. How many times do people, do people want to? I know I do. I want you to come tell me about something. I want to make a, a decision. Well, guess what? God said, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added unto you. You're not going to find the answer just by standing there and having an argument. You're going to find out that a truth and a lie, depending on the context, may look very similar. So you need to let the Holy Spirit sort that out in your life. Amen? You know, this is, a, this is one of the ways that when we're producing seed, if I just keep putting a lie in and a lie in and a lie in, then eventually all the fruit that I get out of it is just going to be the lie. And if what I have as a lie is what I'm giving to other people, then that's going to produce seed in their life. Do you want to produce good seed or bad seed in people's life? Good. But if you, have, if you are sitting there and somebody's telling you a lie and you buy into the lie and you hadn't sorted out your heart, you'll find that you'll put the same seeds into people. And that's, that's abominable. I, I don't want to stand before God with that kind of heart and with that kind of conscience because the responsibility will be on us. We need, to, we need to judge everything that comes at us by the Word of God. Matthew 13, 30, um, 31 through 33. And a number, another parable, so this is right after it, it says, the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed, which a man took and he sowed in a field, which indeed is the least of seeds, but when it grows, it is greater than the herbs which become a tree. So the birds of the air can come and nest in the branches. Another parable he spoke was the kingdom of heaven was like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till it was leavened. So, if you've never heard me teach on this, I'll give you the, the real rundown here real quickly, okay? This right here has to do with that a seed, like a mustard seed, can be the smallest truth, the most, the most insignificant truth that you can find can grow and it can uphold people. It can uphold your beliefs. It can uphold all the things in your life. You know that very small truths are the ones that we need to take and we need to foster. Because if it takes you 10 pages of trying to explain it to come down to it, it's probably not a truth. Just going to let you know. If you sit around and go, well, I believe it, but I've got to, I got to take this and run it through a bunch of scriptures in order to get there. We had a lady back when Heather and I was doing... Uh, a Bible study in our home in Gardendale. I was co-pastoring a church at the time. And um, we had a lady that was a universalist. 
And she came in and she told us, she said, she said, you used a scripture incorrectly. She said, God's going to come and he's going to, he's going to take, you know, he's going to take everybody in. I go, okay. I said, what do you do about Romans 10, 9, 10? Romans 10, 17 says that faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. What about people who never heard? Well, then she goes, well, if I had my notebooks here, I could take you through. I've got notebook after notebook that it just explains it. And I go, if it explains it without one or two little sentences, then it's probably a lie. She gets mad at me. So you're saying that my son that was a drug addict that that died of a drug overdose, that he's in hell. I said, I don't know where your son's at. I, I don't know. I don't know if any of y'all are saved, by the way. I, I can I can look out here. Y'all look pretty good over here. Okay, we all maybe Vicky <laughs> need to talk to you. Like I don't what do you, what am I supposed to do? There's no markings on us. I mean, like I said, we're we're working with what we got. We're looking through a, a a glass darkly. It means I can have somebody walk in here and they can say they're saved and they can do all this stuff. And the next thing you know is that they do the most abominable thing and you go, I can go, well, they're, they're, they said they were saved. Well, you know what? I don't trust anybody. You know what I do is I watch in the Word and let the Holy Spirit sort it out. It's the only way that you can get by. It's the only way you can get by. We've got a, people that we did ministry with. They had a really big church over here on the, on the east side of town. And their son had a failing with one of his youth. Completely broke apart a 5,000 member church. The dad, really good pastor. Lots of different people just loved him. They tried to cover it up because they, the people were like, this couldn't be. No, it was. And the guy went to jail for a long time. And he just now got out of jail. You know, that the thing is, is that this, I'm not trying to tell you will be untrusting of anybody. I'm just saying that you need to look at what seed you're putting in and what seeds people are trying to give you. Every time I talk to you, our words are like a seed. When I plant this into you, I've got people that are writing this down. I've had people that were taking pictures of my scriptures that were doing all this. I want you to go home and go look at what Dusty said. If you go, nope, that's not in the word of God, then you need to do that in your own heart. I mean, I'm not above reproach. I can make a mistake. Now, I want you to love me and go, hey, Dusty, I don't think that was right or whatever. And let's talk about that. Give me an opportunity to go, hey, maybe I need to change something. I need to uproot some, some stuff that's in my heart. But what you have to understand is that there are people that are going to plant seeds in your life that you need to uproot the moment that it comes into your heart. Because it was wrong. And it says here, you know, when, when it talks about 
The kingdom of God is like leaven, which, was, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal. This is Jesus. This is, this is the thing that when the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, he got, he got all up in Jesus. You know, leaven leavens the whole thing. Leaven is nothing more than like yeast. How many people have had yeast bread? You know, man, you can have yeast bread. That thing is yeast bread from from the beginning all the way to the end. You know why? Because yeast comes and it takes over everything. Well, you know what? The kingdom of heaven in our own hearts is the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit that has been leavened into us. It comes in and it changes the whole thing. 2 Corinthians 5.17, I use that all the time. But it's we are a new creature and the old things are passed away and behold, all things have become new. See, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, it came in and it started revolutionizing me. On the inside of my mind, my will, and my emotions, in my body, my spirit com- completely was remade new. You know, people go, I'm wall-to-wall Holy Ghost on the inside. Well, you know what? I am. The Holy Ghost is on the inside of me. See, the Holy Ghost, if you believe in Jesus on the inside of you, but you need to understand that you have been leavened. And you need to let it leaven all of the parts. So if there's a, if there's a truth that has been put in there, you, you foster the truth. If there's a lie that's been put in there, you kill the lie. You let it leaven your lie. Amen? Truth, no matter how small, will sustain you. And you're hiding in your belief system the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You need to believe God's promises for every single thing. All right, we're, I'm going to start landing this thing here in just a minute. But what I want you to understand is, is that when God starts talking to you about this this week, and I believe he is, I'm believing that there's going to be some roots of lies that people have told you or that you've believed that you're going to go, Father, help me with that. Leaven those lies. Will you do that for me? Amen. Because I believe the Holy Spirit's going to come and start showing you things that may not be true. What are the seeds that you produce? Matthew 12, 33. Either, either make the tree good and his fruit good or either make the tree corrupt and his fruit is corrupt for the tree is known by his fruits. What is being produced in your life? What is being produced that when you pull from it, you go, I didn't taste that good. It doesn't seem to work every time. You might need to start looking for the tree. Because the corruption is not in the fruit. You know what? You can have a worm that can go get an apple. You can cut that apple open. You can get the worm out of there. If it's a good apple, it's still going to be a good apple. I probably wouldn't eat it, but it's still going to be okay. But the thing is, is that truth and lie, it needs to be determined based upon the fruit. <clears throat> Excuse me. John 15, 1 through 8, it says, 
I am the vine, I am the true vine. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch that's in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, and that it may be it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken unto you. See, Jesus came and he put a seed in his disciples. Then Jesus came and his disciples wrote it all down. And we took that word and we put it on the inside of us. And when we put it on the inside of us, then now we become perfect in those areas. You know, I always, always love when people go, well, you know, I've read through the Bible. You know, 25 years ago, I went... I read, I mean, I read the cover, cover to cover, guys. I mean, I haven't read it since and I don't pick it up, but, but I covered a cover 25 years ago and changed my life. Really did. Well, what is this scripture? I I don't know. I, I don't remember that one. It was 25 years ago. Do you know that if you read anything or you live anything out and it was one month ago, Heck, I can't remember what I had for lunch last week. Well, it was probably pretty bland. But anyway, you're going to find that if you don't put the word in, then you're not going to be perfect. This is one of the reasons why Jesus said, I'm making disciples, people who are disciplined in my words. Because if you just say, yep, I read my Bible. I've had conversations with people that go, well, I took a Bible class back when I was 16 years old. And they're 45 years old now. And I go, great. You know nothing. I, I'm serious. If the last time you went and you did something was years and years ago, then you're not an expert. You know, an expert, it takes 10,000 hours to be considered an expert in anything that you do. I'm a cybersecurity engineer. I work for the power company. I go, uh, NERC is the National Energy Reliability Corporation, the DOE, Department of Energy. I actually go and write documents for them. Well, I'm going to tell you straight up, okay? They would not have asked me to do this. I would not be on some of the national teams that I'm on if I had only been doing this for a couple weeks. I'm 45 years old. I've been doing cybersecurity ever since I was 27 years old. I've been in technology since I was 18. Do you know that the reason why I do the things that I do and I'm asked to do the things that I'm asked to do is because I've put in more than 10,000 hours. Well, you know what? The same thing comes with the word. If you want to be an authority, then you need to know this thing backwards and forwards. Not just once, not just twice, not just three times. But you need to be looking at your word because the word is where we get the perfection from. The promise is the perfection. And it says here, abide in me and I abide in you. Verse 4 as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither you can, you can unless you abide in me. So we have to have a connection back to the Father. 
Well, number one, we got to have word time. Number two, we need the Holy Spirit time. You know what? If if all you get every single week is us coming up here and hallelujah, hallelujah, then you're not getting very much hallelujah during your week. You need to turn on some praise and worship and you need to let the Holy Spirit just ruminate through you throughout the week. You know, there was a couple times this week where I, I was didn't have anything else to do. I went in the bathroom. I put on my put on my earplugs and I'm sitting there with my iPad. I turn on some praise and worship. And I'm just sitting there. You know, the Holy Spirit will lead and guide you into all truth. But you gotta get near him. You gotta you gotta be in tuned with what the Holy Spirit is wanting to say. And it says here, verse 7, it says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask whatever you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. You got to have some fruit. You got to bear much fruit in order to be a disciple. You know what? If your fruit is good, you know in an apple there's five seeds. Means if I grow a tree and I have a hundred apples, how many apples seeds would I get? Five hundred? So if I end up taking the five hundred seeds and I go plant, I get five hundred trees. No? Well, theoretically. Okay, if I plant it in good ground and I water it, okay? Okay, I can already see where you guys are going. Y'all are saying that we've got bad seeds around here, okay? But if I have 500 good seeds that I put in the ground and I've watered it and I get a tree and then I get another 100, another 100, well, essentially, one tree produces 500 but one seed produces five. See, God was a God of multiplication. He'll give you one fruit and it'll provide for you five times. But you gotta plant it. See, that's that's not that doesn't work real good when we got Burger King down the road, right? I mean, how many people would rather have the, the fast food Jesus, right? I want some fast food Jesus. Let me get the Holy Spirit to work on this really quick. If I don't get healed by this time tomorrow, what happens if it doesn't roll around tomorrow? You know, I've got a friend of mine that's got a gorder thing on, on her neck. And she's been believing God for seven years. They could go and take it out. But she said, no, I'm wanting to believe God. Now, you may be sitting there going, well, that's stupid. Well, you know what? I'm going to say, well, then I'm going to believe with her and her faith and not call her stupid. You know why? Because I may decide if something like that happened to me that I go, hey, I'll just have it taken out. But you know what? There are certain things where people go, you know what? I'm believing for more in my life, and I want to see things come to pass in my life. You know, that's one of the reasons why fasting, oh my God, I just hit something there. Whew, let's just, okay, I'm praying this out. We're all getting out of here. No, fasting is one of the reasons why I truly believe that 
we don't do that much of it. And so we don't see things come to pass in our lives because our body tells us what to think. We don't tell our body what to think. I'm trying to work on this, guys. Okay? But I'm just telling you that when you start telling your body what to think and what your body to do, your body's going to push back on you. You know what? You need to... You need to push back harder. It says here, um, Matthew 13, 8, it says, But others fell on good ground and brought forth good fruit, and some a hundred, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. <coughs> Spirit, soul, and body. I love, the Holy Spirit told me this years ago. Some people get 30, 33%. They got saved they got completely remade in their spirit, but they never had anything happen in their mind, will, and emotions. They never had anything happen in their body. But some of them, they start having good ground and good fruit starts coming out. And they, their mind, their will, and their emotions start changing. And when their mind, will, and emotions start changing because they were completely renewed in, in their spirit, now they have 60 Oh my God, now I've got 60% because my mind, will, and emotions, it works. Well then guess what? If I can get that mind, will, and emotions to start working, what happens in my body? Oh, now my body, I get 100%. Because you know what? I have the spirit working with my mind, my will, and my emotions in my belief system. And now it just comes out. I have rivers of living water that comes out and it can actually not only help me, but it can help others. Good ground, guys. But you have to have a good seed and you have to have good ground. Guess what? Y'all are good ground. I want you to say it. I'm good ground. I'm good Guess what? Start putting some good seed in there. And you'll get some good trees and some good fruit. Amen. All right, man. I'm going to get you to come on up here. We're going to do communion today. So here in just a minute, I'm going to get Dad to pass that out. <clears throat> this right here is my, my key. If you want any takeaway today, this is my key to, where, to what you need to do because this is the way you get your seed to produce. Ephesians 4, 25 through 32, it says, Therefore, put away lying. Let each of you uh, speak truth of his neighbor. And this right here is really important. You need to speak truth to your neighbor. If your neighbor comes walking up and they're trying to believe God for something and you go and you slam it down, bam! Well, I don't believe that. Don't tell a lie. Let the Word of God be your truth. Even if you don't believe it, go back to the Word of God. How about that? How about if we just lived our lives to where we just go back to the Word of God? I don't believe it, but I'm still going to go to the Word of God. Because if I keep doing that, then eventually I'll believe it. And then I'm not giving my neighbor a lie. And it says in 20, verse 26, it say, well, it says, For we are members of one another. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Let him who st stole steal no longer, but rather let him labor working with his hands what is good that he might have something to give 
to whom who needs. I'm going to tell you what, guys. This right here was what I did this past week. I got angry. COVID attacked my body. And I said, no. And I didn't let it go. I got mad and I said, no, devil, you don't get to put your hands on me. I'm going to stand against these walls. And guess what? I'm just going to continue to be angry at this. And I'm going to overcome it. See, I think too many times we give up. See, Jesus, God, and the Holy Spirit are telling you today, fight. Fight hell because it's coming after you. You need to go and you need to be angry and sin not. That doesn't mean, you know, there's an anger that is sin. It means that if you don't want to sin, then you're going to be angry at whatever's attacking you. Oh, I'm going to say it again because I don't think y'all got that. See, the sin wasn't that there's some sort of anger that made, that made him mad. No, 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 no. Sin is the sin of it coming against you and you not being angry. Did I just hit a brick wall? See, what I want you to understand is that you need to be angry so that you don't sin. Don't let your wrath go down. You need to take and just, man, I'm so mad that this thing's attacking me. I'm going to use the word and I'm just going to beat it to death. You know that that's the way you fight against the devil. You get angry and you say, I'm not letting this, I'm not letting the sun go down on my anger. I'm not going to bed happy. If this thing's still attacking me, I'm going, I'm, I'm mad. I'm going to attack it until it's dead. And it says here, it says in verse 29, let no corrupt word proceed of your mouth, but what is good and necessary or for necessary edification that it may impart grace to the hearer and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God by whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. See, what you need to understand is that your words is how you're going to plant these seeds. You know, first thing that happens is I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Okay? That's what I did. Then the next thing is, is I go, by his stripes I was healed. That was the next thing I did. And you know what? I just kept doing it over and over and over. And I didn't let the corrupt words of, you know, I never went to Heather and said, you know what? This thing's getting really bad. You know, do you think we need to go to the hospital? No, I just went. Heather would go, no, you're healed. No corrupt words were coming out. She was edifying me. She was building me up. When I didn't feel good, she would go, you're you're health. You're healed. You know, I tell everybody this because it's truth. You can go ask my mom and dad. I had ADD and dyslexia. I didn't even graduate high school. 
And I went from getting my GED to a master's degree in computer engineering in 11 years. You know what God did is because I would say I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I would say it three and four and five and six times a day. Me and Heather wasn't even married at the time. And I, you can ask her. I would tell her I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. Do you know that I went through classes where I couldn't pass them? But the Lord would help me out and I would be able to get the degrees that I needed. I can do all things through Christ Jesus that strengthens me. I didn't let any corrupt words come out of my mouth. When it came against me, I said, no, I'm going to overcome this. I'm moving through this. You're moving through whatever's coming against you. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice and be kind to one another, tenderhearted, Forgive one another even as God and Christ forgave you. We're supposed to speak words that edify and build each other up. We need to reach out. We need to to be a part. We need to stand with people because the power of the Holy Spirit is in the midst of those who believe. Amen? I think this is fitting that we're doing the communion right now. We can go ahead and start handing out the implements. Because right now, we're going to do something where we take the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. In fact, Paul said that when people did this incorrectly, that that was why they were sick. It's because we don't understand, not because, oh, I ate the cracker wrong or I didn't drink the the juice just right. No, it was because we didn't properly understand what Jesus did on the cross in his body. There was a man that was on a YouTube channel that I was watching. And he said, why did Jesus come as a baby? And he was making fun of it. Jesus came as a baby because I don't know of anybody in here that wasn't a baby. How many people in here was not a baby? You were born fully grown. No. Jesus knew all of our afflictions. He went through everything from being a baby all the way until he died on the cross. See, a lot of times we don't take into account that he himself went through all of the same things that we did. So that's what we have to understand is that you, whatever you're going through, he took it in his body. He gave you a covenant for it. So this is what you need to understand is that when you're taking your communion, when you take and partake of the body of Christ, the promises of God are yes and amen. We're still passing out the implements. Let me get mine. Everybody bow your head. Jesus, during the Last Supper, he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is broken for you. That means that the promises that were put upon him, that by his stripes we were healed, that the peace that passeth all understanding that's in our minds and in our hearts, 
Isaiah 53, 4, where he says that, that he bore our sicknesses and carried our diseases. The chastisement of our peace was upon him. It means that all the strife and all the, the fear and anger that he took it on the cross. And he said, when you take this, do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat all of it. Father, right now in Jesus' name, I thank you, dear Lord, that there are people, they have sicknesses in their body. I thank you, dear Lord, that they are healed completely and totally right now in Jesus' name. I thank you, dear Lord, that if there's things that are going on in their life, that they have issues with strife, there's issues where they have no peace. I thank you, dear Lord, that you are bringing clarity, that you are bringing love, and that you are bringing peace into their situation. In Jesus' name. And he took the wine, and he said, this was the wine of the new covenant. Now, his new covenant, it came and it did away with the old covenant. He fulfilled it in himself. So that meant that whatever in the new covenant, that if you believe it, you receive it. That his blood went on the mercy seat and that all of your sins have been forgiven, that there are, there's no more um, there's no more separation between you and God that you become because of his blood it gets smeared into your bloodstream through the Holy Spirit that is sealing you on the inside and now you have direct contact with the Father you can boldly enter in to the throne room of God I say this all the time my dad lives a few, few miles away I can go walk into his house and I can go get something from his refrigerator you know what? God, when he, signed, when he signed the adoption papers for you, he said, come on in, get whatever you want out of, the, out of the kitchen. God put you back in the family through this covenant. So take ye and drink all of it. Amen. Amen. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just thank you, dear Lord, that your covenant stands true in our hearts. I thank you that you are giving us peace of knowledge that we are with the Father and that our names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we can boldly come into your throne room. And we just thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. If anybody needs prayer for anything, uh, I'm going to close this out and I'm going to be down front. I'll pray uh, over at that time. But I'm going to ask, does anybody not know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior? I'd like to give the opportunity. Like I said, we're all maybe in the family, but if we're not, then I'd like for everybody to bow your heads, close your eyes. And if, you, if you've never accepted Jesus, please just raise your hand. Amen. I kind of felt like we had that group. 
But you know what? I'm going to do this prayer anyway because there may be people watching us on our live stream. So if you would, just say it with me. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. I just believe that Jesus is Lord. And I believe that now I've been made a new creature. And that old things are passed away and all things are new. And now I'm in the family. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Well, if you said that on our live stream, then you are now saved. It's, it's very simple. All you got to do is go, Jesus. If you just believe, I loved Andrew McWomack's thing. He was preaching his heart out. This guy, he was a drunk. He comes into the church. He goes and he sits on one of the pews. He goes, he's preaching. And he said, that all you have to do is call upon the name of the Lord. And the guy goes, Jesus. And, the guy, and Andrew goes, ah, He's going to come up front. We're going to get him saved. And then a little while later, he's preaching and he hears the guy go, Jesus. Well, after the, after the service, he kept having an altar call and he was like, keep playing, keep playing. And the guy just sat there and just sat there. So finally he closed everybody out, but he ran down there and he grabbed him and he goes, I thought you was going to get saved. He goes, I said Jesus three times. I don't know what else I can do. See, all we got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and we will be saved. Amen. Well, I'm going to pray us out. Father, we come to you in Christ Jesus' name. I just thank you, dear Lord, for a great new year for each and every person. 2023 is going to be fabulous. I thank you, Father, that you are putting people in their path that they can learn from, but they can also teach, Father, and that they can plant seeds into. And Father, I just pray in Jesus' name that you are uh, you are making their path straight. I thank you, Father, that if there's anything that's going on in their lives, I thank you this year they're going to find ways of being able to reconcile people and opportunities back to them. And we just thank you for a great week. We thank you that they're prosperous, blessed. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You're dismissed. <laughs>